Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Semicast. We're here again on a Sunday because we felt that Sunday was a good day. We enjoyed a Sunday. As usual, I'm here with Anthony Murphy. How was your Sunday? My Sunday was pretty good, actually. We didn't really do much today. But we can actually we can talk about what we did and what we've been playing because my wife and I just played video games today, basically. Well, that's good, but it's also a good day for a podcast. Mm. I think that after a relaxing weekend is probably better than after the first stressful day of the week to have a podcast. Yeah, that's right. So what have you been playing on the weekend? Well, I saw some uh, streaming of Spelunky. Mm, yes, yeah, so it was just a little quick test. My wife has expressed interest in uh, streaming a couple of times, and once I had OBS set up, I don't think she even told me. She just hit go, and I scrambled to set Twitch up properly so that it didn't look like she was streaming Tekken, um, which is what you were <laughs> streaming prior to yeah, Spelunky. Well, um, there is a little bit of work to do before you start streaming some stuff out. Mm. We will post it on the site once we get around to recording some commentary for it because she didn't have a microphone hooked up and we just wanted to see if on our terrible Australian internet uh, whether or not it would work. And it sort of kind of did. I wouldn't want to play a game that had a lot of um, similar colours or the compression algorithm in um, OBS might go a bit crazy on that. Yeah, the Splunky uh, stream looked really good. Mm. I'm finding some of the uh, fighting games are a bit pixelated because they are fast-moving and there's a lot of shit going on. Right. Mm. I can only imagine that streaming out Marvel vs. Capcom will just be a pixelated blur of yep. things because that's pretty much what it looks like on the screen anyway and just throwing in the bad internet and trying to stream that, it's going to be a mess. Is your internet bad? I thought it was quite good. It's okay. It's the upload that's the problem. What's your upload? Two megabits oh. at the most. You're, so, you're yeah. over double hours. Yeah, well, I did a speed test the other day and I was only getting one, but then again, somebody was watching some high-def movies and there was some other shit going on. So, Have you heard we'll about um, Netflix's speed test fast.com? Uh, no. So there's um, a sort of a, an unsubstantiated but widely believed rumor that if you use any of the speed test services, you will get a good score because Australian ISPs whitelist all of them and, and quaz them all the way up the top when they're accepting traffic. Um, okay. So you can get a good speed test and then have a bad experience because they've said, well, we'll just make the speed test fast. Well, Netflix released a speed test called fast.com that uses yep. Netflix's actual content servers to speed up or to deliver the speed test. So if they want, ah. if they want to make it appear like they're fast, they have to actually speed up Netflix. That's a very good idea. Mm. I like very clever ways of working around problems mm. that... Um, I did actually find that looking for a speed test that Google has their own speed test now. So if you just look up internet speed test, the first entry that pops back is just one of the Google standard uh, entries. And it says, well, if you want to do a speed test, just click here. Yep. We're right here for you. Yeah. Other than that, uh, my wife and I went to a pottery exhibition slash festival. A pot exhibition. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. She's been taking pottery lessons and- her teacher had a stall at this thing, so we went out for breakfast with her parents and wandered around next to the Yarra River in, oh, God, I've forgotten the name of the suburb. Kind of. What happens when you go to a too much pot exhibition? Way too much. Some of the people there look like that they um, <laughs> they were maybe taking the lifestyle a little bit too seriously. <laughs> but Lots of tie-dye. Yeah. And- there were some people who... Um, who are obviously really, really good at it, uh, and and they had made things like they had a little, they made a, a sort of a pottery chicken and these just perfect giant pottery um, eggs for the chicken to to sort of sit next to, and 
Um, yeah, it's amazing what people do when they invest a lot of time in a skill. It was at Warrandyte. So, yeah, walking along the Yarra River. It was almost- well, The only thing I can remember from Warrandyte last time I was there was there were a few candle stores. So, it, it, yes. it, it does kind of fit that lifestyle of just like, it's okay. We're just yep. doing candles and pottery. Not quite King Lake, but not quite Eltham either. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're most of the way there. Yeah. So, but because it takes place on this walking track next to the Yarra River, it was basically a dog expo too, because everyone was out walking their dogs. So, and they just suddenly happened to stumble upon a, uh, uh, sorry, upon a pottery exhibition. Is that dangerous trying to carry your pottery back while you're also trying to navigate dogs and walking tracks? No, no, did it wasn't you, that bad. Did you see any broken pottery on the side of the road? We actually bought a, well, Amy bought a couple of things. Um, we've both got sort of some pottery tumblers that we just use for drinks and tea because they work both ways and. And she bought a funny little egg separator with um with uh a f- like a face on it, not really like googly eyes, but kind of like painted eyes. So yeah, that was my Saturday. How about you? Uh, my Saturday, I, were, I had a family party on Saturday, so that there wasn't really much of the family Saturday after that. But today, kind of along the same lines of uh, hippiness, uh, we have been doing a bit of tie dyeing in the house. So we thought, you know, what's a really fun little thing we can do with the kids, and I thought, hey, let's get lots of buckets of dye and dip some T-shirts in it and see what comes of that. Yep, let's get the so, kids covered in dye. That was welling on my mind the whole time. It was like one of these children is just going to come out pink mm. and they're going to have to go to school with this pink up to their arms. But we managed to get through it all. We all had gloves and we all were very, very careful. Right. So okay. we've got some tie-dye clothes to show for it. There you go. Now you can blend in at the Pottery Festival next year when we go. Yeah, I'm going to get a stall there and sell candles and tie-dye tops. Right. So, Or, or do I have to sell pottery? You have to sell was pottery. Was it 100% pottery? It was 100% pottery and pottery-related supplies. Can you tie-dye pottery? Yeah, there are a lot of people selling supplies to paint the stuff after you've made it. So then- um, so, so hang on. I, I know you and mm. I know that in the back of your mind somewhere there are plans for you to build a pottery wheel. There is. So when, well, yeah, see? <laughs> so when's that happening? Well, we don't know. It wasn't even my plans to start off with. As Amy's dad, they came as well. He sort of leaned over to me and said, you just get a two-stroke mower and take the petrol tank off <laughs> and mount it on the side and then mount the pottery wheel to the, to the drive shaft of the, of the two-stroke mower and there you go. That's a noisy pottery wheel, isn't it? I yeah, thought pottery is meant to be kind of relaxing, and <laughs> it's not relaxing if there's a <laughs> next to you. And one that also generates a lot of two-stroke smoke. Yeah, you, you don't want to- Generally, I don't see potters wearing like face masks to no. avoid themselves getting fumes. So, we, could, we couldn't do that, but we did try, or we are trying to make our own clay. Is it, oh, that's cool. We, we have a lot of clay in our backyard because of where we live. And we're not sure if it's the right clay for pottery, but we watched a YouTube video with an Australian guy who goes through what you need to do to process clay to use it for pottery. And it's, not, it's really not that hard. So we went and dug up some of our backyard and I built a sieve <laughs> in my garage because I like building things in, yeah, in my garage. Um, and then we sieved all of the rocks and stuff out of it. And then today I built a form that the clay sits in and we got some plastic sheets that they use for painting and poured the contents of the bucket in there since it had all sieved through. And now it's just kind of sitting outside waiting for some of the water to evaporate off before we figure out whether or not it's got the right plasticity to be used as clay. See, even knowing you and knowing that you are a man who likes a bit of a challenge and who sees things as, I wonder if I can make that. I actually Mm. undersold you. I went just pottery wheel and you went, no, fuck that. I'm making clay. We're making digging some holes and refining mm. some clay. So, well done. 
Well, the funny thing is, is that they talk about like going next to riverbanks and stuff like that and showing you how to find it, like out in the wild. And I'm thinking, can I just go to like Crown Land or someplace owned by the government and just start digging the place up? Is that allowed or? Just just walk into a national park with a shovel. Mm. I'm just looking for clay. I read about it on the internet. It's fine. And so um, the biggest bombshell I have of this weekend is that I'm giving away all of my homebrewing stuff. Oh, you are. You finally made that step mm. because there was room that needed to be made in the shed. Room in, room in the garage. And I started to, I thought, yeah, I'll keep a fermenter and some stuff and we'll do small things. And as I started to separate it, I thought, oh, I might as well just get rid of all of it. So uh, I took a photo of all of it and it's, it's like, it's almost like a starter kit if you wanted to start at like the intermediate to high levels of okay. uh, home brewing, and I took a photo of it, placed it on the Australian Home Brewers Forum, and said, "If anyone wants this, come and get it, but you have to take all of it." And it was gone in fifteen minutes. The guy's coming down from Ballarat next weekend to pick it up. Oh, really? There you go. Some guys who like some free equipment, mm. so I can put another brew on. Yes. If there's one thing that the home brewers like is the ability to put more brew on. Mm, well, there's two coney kegs in there as well, so not only can he put more brews on, he can store two brews. That's cool. Mm. Yeah, That's- a lot of my stuff has started to fall apart because even though it was stored in a plastic box away from everything else, you just sort of can't can't keep this stuff in good condition forever. So I, the stuff that was obviously dangerous, like corroded electrical plugs and things like that, I threw out. And um, the rest of it uh, has just been picked up on Saturday. Yeah, that's one of the things that like all the rubber seals will start to go and just all mm. the things that should be nice and fresh and sterile start to become less and less so. Yeah. Well, they say the rubber seals on the kegs are okay because I had a little bit of water in there to keep everything moist. And like I obviously can't pressurize them to test them, but you know, all the valves and everything still seem to work if you mechanically operate them. So yeah, yeah. cool. Did you put in the free copy of the DVD with Paul Mercurio in it? Oh, that was a video, actually. I'm not sure if I've still got that. I, I, I had forgotten about the Paul Mercurio. No, that was actually a video. That wasn't a DVD. It was a VHS tape, wasn't it? It was. That was our first homebrewing yeah. kit. I would look oh, forward really? to getting there that photo of you and I standing next to the first ferment that we actually put on in your shed. I think I've got that somewhere. Yeah. And it was wrapped in a sleeping bag because it was all we could use to keep yeah, it warm. That's right. Until we bought the heater. Other way, like the people are saying, are you sure you don't want money for this? Because this is like hundreds of dollars of gear. And I said, no, look, me and my friends, we've had our fun with this. We had the big New Year's Eve party where we had kegs and everything like that. And now it's time to pass it on to someone else and let them have have their fun with it. Yeah. You should have said as long as when it goes to moving this on to someone else, you Mm. give it away free as well. Yep. This is going to snowball. That guy will give up eventually and then he'll have all this stuff, including my stuff and his stuff, and he'll give it to someone else. We'll then quit, and then he'll have three lots of stuff, and eventually someone's just going to need a truck. And then someone's going to go, look, I quit. Does someone want my brewery? It's just here. Mm. Yeah. I've always wanted how to make the step from home brewing to actually owning a brewery, and I can't get past the fact it's probably just a bank loan at some point. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of autumn. Like The problem with moving from home brewing to brewery brewing is that at a brewery, it then needs to come out the same every single time. So you need yeah. a lot of a lot of control over the process, a lot of temperature control and timing and things like that. Yeah, then distributors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Then, then the law probably gets involved, and you probably need to sign some forms somewhere. The law gets involved far before that. <laughs> like, oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think like you said on the last week's podcast, there's, there's uh, written into the law how much you're allowed to make as a, oh, as a right. home brewer. You can't just leave it on the side of the road. Yeah, no, with free beer written on it. 
especially if it's not beer, then that's even more illegal. Yeah. Now, now you see, now I've got me interested and I'm trying to find out exactly how much I would have been able to make. As in money or quantity? Uh, quantity. You're definitely not allowed to make money if you're, if you're home brewing. Oh, right. Okay. Not that we would ever do that. Yeah. The exact wording- Unless we had our own semi-informatic brew. No. That'd be pretty cool too. Well, we could. The exact wording of the new law introduced- We can't now. Um, allows home brewers to make 22 litres of beer per week. Okay, how big is one of those brewers? How big is one of the fermenters? You would be fermenting every single week at that point. Mm, you you, well, you would be producing 50-odd bottles a week. I'm pretty sure there's people who do that, yes. who skirt that edge of the law, mm. who might have had a couple of visits by the cops, and the cops may have gone away with a six-pack of beer <laughs> for their troubles. Or, or probably 10 six-packs if he's making so, 50, 50 bottles a week. Look, officer, I made an extra six, and that seems to be how far I am over the limit. <laughs> you go, you can have this set. Ah, ruin. Yeah. Paul Mercurio's got a lot to answer for. He has. The actual production of beer or wine without a license is not an offence, provided the production is not for commercial purposes. No. Oh, okay. Spirits, on the other hand, is um is a totally different matter. Yes, because that can be a bomb. Uh, not just that. You can make stuff that can seriously injure people. Beer, you're not really going to do much damage. Someone might get a bit sick if your yeast is a little bit off or if a bug gets in there, but spirits, you can, yeah, really hurt someone. You have to drink a lot of beer to go blind and mm. not that much badly made spirits to go yep. blind. Yes. Moonshine. No, I remember um, one of Mike's friends was making spirits at the same time I was reading up on how to do it. And he was doing it in a galvanized paint tin. That doesn't <laughs> seem like it's anywhere near sterile. Yeah. And I'm looking at my sort of potential setup and it's like all stainless steel right up until the, you know, stainless steel and copper, basically. The the wool inside the reflux chamber is all stainless steel, and it's like, oh, taking this a lot more seriously than that guy is. You could have just used a paint tin and a Brillo pad, and then you would have been done. Yeah, pretty much. And then you could have given that away free. No one would have taken it. Uh, I did end up giving most of the spirits I made away. Um, huh. Well, you couldn't have sold it, because that would have been illegal. It was illegal to make it, too, but that was a long Shh. that was a long time ago. Are you sure the statute is up on that? Um, no, not really, but there's no real evidence of it. <laughs> We're about to find out. Just a couple of blind people. Yep. Fine. Who knows? I could be making up a story. <laughs> uh, all right. Then what have you been playing as oh. opposed to uh, video, pottery? Video games. I've been playing Dark Souls. Oh, you have. Getting back on that. Yep. It's going to end up on the on the internet too because I'm recording every one uh, with the first well, one going up this week at some stage. Is that every run until you die, or are you doing a couple of runs? No, I'm doing this until I finish the game. Okay. So, so you know, just- there, there could be months and months of this. Awesome. Well, I'll look forward to months and months of you dying. Mm, well, it's already happened at least five or six times in the video. Uh, there Ooh. was a second video that I recorded that didn't turn out, so the jump between the first and the second one is a little bit uh, jarring. But, yeah, it's it's a rough game. It- <laughs> I I got a sort of a, comb- a sword and shield combination that I was comfortable with after a little because I logged back into Dark Souls after I haven't played it for a year or something. As so I are you w- going back from where you started, or yep. are you going back to the start and then starting again? Yep. This is semi-informatics. Previously on previously on Dark Souls, Anthony was in Anor Londo wearing heavy armor with a lightning spear and a buckler, and no idea why he was wearing any of that. Awesome. Um. So yeah. So I got a little bit discouraged because it was. Like, it's quite hard, um, but then I found um, a pretty good combination of sword and shield, and it enables me to take enemies that were previously hard and knock them down in two hits as long as I time it correctly. But 
Yeah. You know, the second you start thinking like that is the second the game slaps you and says, no, pay attention. So um, are you finding that your skills are coming back to you or are you finding that it's a bit of a learning curve again? No, no, they're definitely coming back. Um, I've gotten better at parrying. I used to be able to parry and when I came back I couldn't do it at all, mostly because I was pushing the wrong button for it. Um, <laughs> There's always that. But now that I know what the right button is and I'm learning to push it at the right time, I can um, avoid some attacks that would otherwise be uh, deadly, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, I'm even finding that in Neo, on a day-by-day basis, I will come back to the game and go, no, I need a few runs just to get into the groove of this game and to remember that I should be taking my time. Mm. Well, you definitely have to think about it. I was ecstatic today when um, I pushed through an area in Anor Londo, which is an area in... Dark Souls, and I uh, found uh, a door that led back to the bonfire, so I had a shortcut, and I was able to explore off in a different area, and I found um, uh, a blacksmith who was sort of scattered throughout the world, and they can upgrade your weapons and armor, um, yep. so which meant that I was finally able to look at spending some of these souls I've been accumulated and not be so terrified of losing them. Uh, previously, you actually hear me say it multiple times in the video before I fight someone, it's like, we've made peace with this. If I lose these souls... That's it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They were never mine to begin with. Yeah. Do you use your souls for leveling as well as buying things? Yep. Okay. But you can only level in certain areas or can you level all the time? You can level at bonfires, which are save points. Yeah. Okay. So it's similar to Neo. Mm. Also, I say Neo is probably similar to Dark Souls. Yeah. Well, actually, Dark Souls are similar to Demon Souls, which is the game for the PS3 that came that sort of kicked off all of this. Yeah. Which is another game I've never finished and maybe I should finish for the site. Yeah. there's plenty of content there. Yep, let's take. I can imagine that's one one rid- one ridiculously difficult game at a time. So, um, you enjoying it? Yeah, no, it's um, it's good. There's times that are tough, and and you look at new areas, and you just get this sense of dread when you just see like there's. <laughs> I walked into an area, and someone had left a note on the ground, and it just said "fatty up ahead," and I <laughs> walked up the stairs, and it's just this huge like guy, twelve feet tall, encased in armor with a shield. Twice as high as me. <laughs> it's like, oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, I was um, finding that it's good to clear out an area when you tackle some people. Don't just go, oh, that's right. That guy over there, he's not going to be an issue. Yeah. That will always be an issue. Yes. Other than that, I downloaded and play or bought and played Northgard, which is um, a Viking-themed city builder that's in early access on Steam. Okay, so no skyscrapers then? No. No theme parks? Nope. Nope, lots of wolves and bears and mm-hmm. um, Valkyries and things like that. Oh, cool. It takes kind of the base building element from games like Dawn of War and Warcraft and yes. yeah, sort yeah. of spins that out into its own game. So you're sort of overtaking areas and they can only hold a certain number of buildings, so you build a base based on what's in that area, what resources you can exploit, and then other AI players or other Creatures will try to take it off you and you sort of have to balance providing enough food, making enough money, getting enough wood and having enough people in your clan to to fulfill all the roles that you're wanting them to fill. And it's it's pretty good. Like it's re- really polished for an early access game. The only so thing is it I- like a city builder slash uh, tower defense type thing? No, no, absolutely not. Oh, I'm completely wrong. Yes. Um the only thing I worry about is that we've seen this thing before from other games like Banish, and I sort of wonder how far is it pushing things forward or is it just another one of things we've seen before? Yeah, so you're not sure whether it's just added anything yeah. yet? Yeah, still fun though. 
How long has it been in early access? Uh, less than a week, I think. Oh, well, there's plenty of time then. Mm. Still got a couple of years before it's released. Yeah, yeah, like Seven Days Can to Die. Is, well, speaking of that, Seven Days to Die, which is going on three years, I think, in early access. Still not released. Yeah. Uh, my wife oh, and I played yeah. that this afternoon. Um, we decided to set ourselves a challenge of our first base had to be underground. Uh, couldn't be above mm-hmm. ground. So we built some walls and then we started to build a giant hole or dig a giant hole. We both almost froze to death a bunch of times because we didn't put a roof on our walls uh, <laughs> because we, we weren't building a regular base. You had a good hole, though. We did. Well, we, well, the progress on the hole is very slow, actually, because we have to worry about food and occasionally mm. zombies will try to smash through our walls. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're getting there after a, a few tense moments. Is a hole better defence than a regular walls and roof arrangement? Uh, well, we don't know. We've never tried it before, so this this will be the test. Our, our plan is to dig all the way down to bedrock, which is where the world stops. Um, yep. Fill it with spikes uh, and then stand on a uh, platform out in the middle of the hole and wait for the zombies to walk off the edge and fall onto the spikes. I can imagine that there'll be plenty of you walking off the thing into the spikes as Amy, well. Amy has fallen into the hole twice already. Okay. And I know she listens. Sorry for outing you for falling into the hole, but Dave did mention it. I've heard it's happened before. Mm. We might even involve Chris on that one, I think, one night, see if we can't get him to fall into the hole. If only to be the one who falls in the hole. Yeah, exactly. Mm. In in previous Seven Days to Die, Chris was keen on digging holes and filling them with spikes, so this might be his sort of ultimate dream come true. Hey, Chris, do you want to build the biggest hole? That's your pitch. Just going to dig through to China. Do they have spikes in China? I'm not sure. Well, actually, they did have they they do have zombies. Uh, actually, no, I got no idea. A movie? No, part of me started to think of Yoshimitsu from Soul Calibur, but then I remembered he's actually Japanese. So he's a robot, isn't he? Yoshimitsu. I'm not sure. He spins around and he has that weird mask thing on his face. Because he was in Tekken. What? Well, I was playing Tekken for Friday Night Fights, and Yoshimitsu is in Tekken. I'm sure he is. Uh yeah, he is. But he's also- And he was a ro- he, he looks like a robot to me. Wasn't he in Soul Calibur as well? Yeah. Yeah, he's in Soul was, Calibur too. I was always angry at him in Tekken because he had a sword, but he would always punch people with the pommel and not actually hit the people with the sword. God damn Which I assume Namco. was illegal in Tekken. Just sharing their characters around? Yeah, just cheating. I've got but the- I don't think that Yoshimitsu is a zombie unless he's a robot zombie, in which case no. the world is going to end because that's the worst thing. Nothing here says that he's a robot, except Machinima.com ranks him as the seventh best ninja in video games, while playlisted this insane robot Robo Ninja among the top game ninjas on PlayStation consoles. Robo Ninja. That's pretty close to being a robot. Mm. Unless he's only part robot. Yeah. I'm not sure. I (laughs) haven't really paid that much attention to Yoshimitsu. Well, obviously, because then you didn't know he was in Tekken. No. I think he was also in Tekken 1. I've never been a big Tekken fan, actually. First game I bought on PS1. Yeah, I had a PS1, but I got it late. And so, yeah, I, Tekken was never really a big thing for me. Soul, Soul Calibur was because it was in the in the arcades. And when we used to go to um, the pool hall next to the Greensboro Bowling Alley, Soul Edge was there. Yep. So I was sort of introduced to that and driving backwards while playing Daytona. I did that as well. Mm. Uh, flying through the tunnel upside down. Yes, yep. My aim was always to find the person who was first and stop them from being first. (laughs) To make the person who was first come second. Yes, or possibly last. Yeah. Actually, second second last, because I would be last. I figured if I was going to be last, I might as well have fun doing it. 
that's always at the point in the game where you decide that the game's not about finishing the game and the game is about making the game back interesting for the person who was last. Was there a Tekken film? Uh, I don't know. Because on I, Yoshimitsu's Wikipedia article, it says he was portrayed by Gary Ray Stearns in the film. That's, ah, okay. Well, we, we should investigate the Tekken film because it, it has quite a high pedigree of other fighting game films to live up to, like the Street Fighter movie. There are actually two Tekken movies. Wow. Are they Western releases? Surely not. One is an anime, I think. Oh, well. And one is like a CG movie okay. called Tekken, Tekken Blood Vengeance. Wow, I have to really watch them then. Right. If, if anyone's got or has heard of those, please write in and tell us what they are like. I want a movie review of the Tekken movies. Right. Actually, <laughs> this. The Tekken Blood Vengeance movie was actually written by the screenwriter for, for Cowboy Bebop. Before he wrote Cowboy Bebop or after he wrote Cowboy I Bebop? I don't know. I think it was afterwards. Yeah, 2011. Man. All right. They they took this seriously. Yeah. I can't believe that's flown under the radar for so long. No. We definitely have to look that up. Have you been playing Tekken this week? Uh, only for Friday Night Fights. I threw it in and had a couple of rounds and realized that I'd completely forgotten the controls, but kind of things started to come back to me. Generally, I would mm. in Tekken to play Paul because he had a cool flat top, kind of an afro flat top, and he had uh, one of his costumes was this kind of cool, it was almost like a black mm. and white camo jumpsuit type arrangement. So I, I kind of liked him, and I liked, um, I think it was not Jun, the other one who looks like Bruce Lee because he looked like uh, Bruce- Jin. Jin. Jun is the girl mm. and Jin is the guy. He had the yellow jumpsuit and he could do backflips and kicks. And that was the only move I knew. And I could successfully do that a lot. And I got through most of the game using that move. Which you will right. also see on Friday Night Fights. I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I cheesed the game again trying to win. Right. I didn't. But yes. Now it's on the internet for everyone it, to see. It is on the internet. Everyone will see the fact that I can cheese Tekken 2. But I had a lot of fun mm. with that game. It brought some strong nostalgia back seeing that game and going, oh no, I, I remember this really red pixelated fire and I remember this really bad MIDI music with MIDI flutes and MIDI saxophone and MIDI guitar. Right. Good. Um, it was probably FM Synthesis actually if it was on the PlayStation, maybe? Yeah, probably. I don't know the difference. De- depending on the chip, it would have sounded very, very MIDI. Yeah. It had that early 80s sound to it. Hmm. So there was, uh, yeah, Tekken yeah. 2, that was a good nostalgia trip, like I said. Uh, I've also been playing a bit of Neo, still on the Neo bandwagon. Still good, still really enjoying it. You know, starting to find the little parts of the game which grate on me a little bit. There's multiple different things you can spend to get upgrades in the game. So there's the Amarita, which is basically your souls, and you use that for leveling. But then there's... Mm. Points, so you get ninjutsu points, and you get onamusha magic points, and you get samurai points. But you spend those in a completely different menu. But then there's titles which you get as well, which then earn you prestige points. And that, but then you spend those in a completely different menu. So I'm finding it's hard to keep a track of all the things that I can spend and where to spend them, and to, just to kind of get a big picture of where my character progression is going. Sometimes I think, oh wait, I haven't done that in a while, and I'll go back and I'm like, oh, I've got six points in that thing, and it's. I'm finding it really hard to just to keep a track of that, along with keeping a track of all your gear and your swords and your, you know, your upgrades and all that kind of stuff. It's fairly intensively managed that way. And, you know, you can only do your leveling 
and setting some equipment when you're at a shrine, but you can do other things anytime because you just go into the character menu. So it's just trying to find that type mm. of thing and kind of getting a handle on it. But the actual gameplay is really good. It's just the management is a little bit not as simple as it probably could be. Right. Does the game pause when you when you go into the character menu? Uh, God, no. Right. I tried doing it halfway through a boss fight. I'm like, oh, I really need a bomb at this point. But you can't pause at all. No. You, you hit the yep. character menu and things still move. So you have to be equipped. That is very uh, Dark Souls. Yeah. So there's that as well. But the actual game is really good. I've uh, Every boss I face, I reach it and think, there's no way I'm getting through this boss. I have no idea how to do it. It keeps murdering me in two hits and then slowly after you know 30 40 goes at it you go oh, okay if i just you know dodge at this point and it is a game of learning the boss's intricacies mm. and you know i i have even looked up online how to beat a certain boss and they go oh, it's just as simple as doing this and i don't want the lesson to teach you how to beat the boss if you're an expert at the game i just want like because <laughs> I just want this, like, what's that little one thing the boss does that I can maybe, I can survive a little bit longer and just just Mm. teach me that. Don't teach me, I finished this boss without taking a hit of damage. It's like, I don't fucking care. I just don't want to die, you know. Do the bosses have weird names? Some of them do. Uh, The one I'm up to at the moment is the Great Centipede, which isn't really a weird name, but it's pretty great. Right. So, but but it is called The Great Centipede. It is called The Great Centipede, but there are other- you don't have the uh, Gaping Dragon? No, I don't have the Gaping Dragon. No. There are a couple of them that have Japanese names. It's a Japanese game. But, um, <laughs> you know, but no. So I'm generally looking them up, referring to them as boss number six, because I can't remember their names generally. Do you have the Ceaseless Discharge? No, I, I, I might have, but I'm, the game doesn't. <laughs> is it, that is an actual are we, boss. Are we still talking Dark about Dark Souls? Are we talking about... <laughs> Possibly. Is the Ceaseless Discharge the name of your Dark Souls series on semi-informatic? <laughs> it's the, actually, it should be. <laughs> um, it's what uh, happens if you play too much Dark Souls and don't get enough exercise and move around enough. Oh, great. Maybe, you, yes. No, that Ceaseless Discharge has not happened yet in Neo. No. All right. So there's Neo. Uh, still working through that. I've been playing a game called Disc Jam or the beta of a Disc Jam. It's uh, mm. it's basically a a windjammers like game. It's by High Horse Entertainment. It's in beta at the moment. You can go to their site and grab the beta if you want. It's online only at the moment, so you can go in. You can choose your character. You can choose an emote. You can choose a special move, and then you jump online and proceed to get beaten by everyone. Uh, it's for <laughs> the PS4, and I think there is a Steam beta as well. So if you want to have it, a- yes, I I looked it up on Steam looking for reviews for um, letting us. Steam. Oh, cool, awesome! But it's not the actual Windjammers remake that Dot Emu are doing, which is coming soon. Yeah. I think that's a PS4 exclusive. I think really could be mainly PS4, but they might do a PC release later. I just think it's one of those ones mm. where Xbox is going to miss out again. It's funny that way how everybody kind of forgot that the PC existed and didn't consider it a threat. And so everything came out either on Xbox 360 and PC or PS4 and PC. Yeah. Sorry, PS3 and PC. And as a result, PC just got everything. Yeah. Yeah. There are. Ex- except for like hard, real hard exclusives like Halo. And- yeah. Yeah. Um, th- I think that is one, an area where the Xbox is suffering at the moment is first party exclusives or just exclusives in general. But um, mm. I prefer when they aren't exclusive, weirdly. I, I don't really care yeah. where I play them. But No, as long as, somebody, as, long as people get, get to play them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Disc Jam's fun. It's instead of it being like you've seen Windjammers, that's a side by side game. Uh, this is actually over the shoulder rather than a side on camera view. So you're always closest to camera, and the person who you are against is far away from camera. So it's I, yep. I think it could be online only. I'm not sure whether they're going to have any multiplayer or local multiplayer because that will, would actually be a weird camera angle to be multiplayer. Like you would always be disadvantaged if you were yes. over the other side. You would need a split screen. Yeah, which would then... Or they could just turn the camera to the side. They could, which would kind of be weird because you'd almost be learning two different games or learning strategies in two mm. different games. If you like Windjammers and you can't wait for the .emu remake, go to their site and get yourself a beta key and... Mm. Proceed to jump online and beat me. I think I got beaten by the <laughs> same guy eight times. <laughs> I didn't win a single game. And I was like, this is not going well, and I'm just earning him lots of points. But, it's sounding like Street Fighter Five for me. Yeah. So, But, no, it's kind of a fun game. You've got, you know, your special moves, and you've got your slides, and you've got the attack. Uh, you know, your, your passing over the net goes faster the sooner you do it when you catch it. So it, it is really, really fun. All I right. highly recommend it. Okay. And I've been playing a little bit of Marvel vs. Capcom 3 because that's finally made its hey. way through the Office of Film and Literature classification hell that it was in. I think the only tweak that they ended up making was just to some parental online options. Mm. But I myself played online and I'm still around. I didn't see anything that caused me to become a murderer or a worse person in society. Right. It was just... Basically, the online game, except, uh, again, I was just losing more, I think, online. so Nobody doing any hard drugs? No, no hard drugs, no, no. swearing. There was no uh, hot coffee code or anything. Uh, it was <laughs> basically, the game's harder online. Because you're playing against people rather than yeah. a, a computer. Yes, it was, I'm playing against the unpredictable person rather than the, than the predictable mm. CPU. But that's a good-looking game. That, that's a good-looking version of that game. I mean, they haven't really done too much to the graphics, but it reminded me that they made it look like a comic in a really, really good way. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Even though it was- yeah, I don't think I really got, really got into that one. Marvel vs. Capcom sort of 2, I guess, was the the last one for me. I bought it on Xbox 360 when it first came out, when it was not the Ultimate Edition. It was the something else edition. It's behind me sitting on the shelf, but I can't be bothered reaching there. It appears that it's also on PC. Uh, yeah, it's coming out soon on PC, I think. It's coming out- on March the 9th, I want to say, on Steam and Xbox, I think. Uh, There's also March 7th. Infinite, too. Uh, Infinite's the new one that will be coming out later this year. They've re-released Ultimate just to get people excited for Infinite. Should be coming later. I'm watching Mega Man and Ryu fighting Iron Man. Uh, yeah, the other thing about that game is it's still a crazy game and I have no idea what's going on most of the time because... Yeah. There's super jumps where the person at the bottom of the screen you can't see anymore and generally that's me and I'm going, I don't even know where I am versus how come there's 16 people all of a sudden on screen and they're all shooting at me and I'm all of a sudden dead. And it's it's a good game to watch, I've found, versus a good game to play. But I am, mm. I'm having some fun with it. That's good. At least you're having fun. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I just started playing this uh, today was uh, I actually started playing, and you know, I'm always on top of the latest games to come out, mm. so I started playing uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, really? Yeah. How are you going there? Uh, I'm about an hour and a bit in, so, you know, nothing much has happened. Uh, taking your dog for a walk? Yeah, took my dog for a walk. I uh, went into dog view so I could see what the dog was looking at. Right. Smashed up some cars, stole a bike. Everything's in order. Yeah, yep, shooting people. 
shooting people. Um, it's a you know it's a pretty looking Grand Theft Auto game. I can't wait to get into the story. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good good story. If you got yeah, I guess you got your straight guy in Franklin as as straight as as I guess he can be. Yeah. You got your crazy guys, Trevor, and your sort of I guess relatable anchor being Michael. Yeah, I haven't, um, I'm not sure I've met Michael yet, or have I met Michael? Oh, okay. Is Michael the guy in the suit? Yes. Who, he was sitting on the park bench. Yes. Yes. I haven't even been in control of him yet. He's been there. Oh, okay. All right. So that's probably coming. All right. Well, maybe we can get some online going if uh, if we can coax Chris into it as well. Yeah, let's see if Chris can crash some cars and things. Y- yes. Well, that's that's one thing that I have not been playing is Grand Theft Auto Five multiplayer is because I just see very little point in sort of accruing assets in this game where they just seem to want to push me towards PvP stuff. Well, um, I actually found because I ended up getting Grand Theft Auto Five super cheap on Steam, it was actually for sale on the PS4, so I bought it on the PS4 store as well for super cheap. Oh, so okay. I think I even still paid less than the full price of that game to get two copies of that game. And the PS4 game has little nice little quirks that you might not have seen on the Steam version or on the Xbox version because they What's that? they relate to the PS4 controller. But all the phone messages and all the phone conversations come through the speaker of the PlayStation controller. So oh, they're does- taking some cues from uh, a previous semi-cast favourite, Suda51 here and uh, No More Heroes. Yes, and um, it also happens in uh, Let It Die as well. Do they have you uh, sitting on the toilet to save your game? Uh, no, you sleep in a bed. All right. Okay. Close. Unless you went to the toilet Close. in the bed, in which case, yeah, sure. Uh, and the <laughs> other thing is that when the police are chasing you, the light on the PS4 controller flashes blue and red, which I kind of oh, like. Really? That's sort of dumb in a particularly pleasing way. Yeah. I just like the fact that they did that. Even though yeah. I found that playing the game, I'm not even looking at the controller anyway. It's kind of a nice little thing. Have you had to explain Grand Theft Auto to your son yet, or have uh, you been shielding him from it? No, I've been shielding him from it a little bit. I don't think he's right. ready for that. He's no, he's well deep into Skyrim at the moment. I think he yes. is um, he, still still wondering whether he's allowed to steal things. No, he's stealing things. He's joined the Thieves Guild. He's I think he's joined start to join the Dark Brotherhood, and I think he's joined the Majors Guild. So he's doing a bunch of the side quests. All right, okay. that's all right. He's enjoying that. That's good, uh, and that's pretty much it. It's been my week. Excellent. Uh, well, let's move on to our weekly topics. Uh, we've got a mm. few this week. Previous to this, we've kind of been just going two topics, but we figured that some are worth a little bit more time than others, and it's probably just going to turn into a new segment that is like kind of half news, half things that, that we want to talk about. Um, yep. Do you want to go over on the first one? Because the first one's really interesting to me, and I purposefully haven't investigated this one too much because I, I wanted you to tell it to me, and I want you to tell All it to right. me slow because it's pretty funny. Well, in Russia, and you know it's good when you. Uh when you start that way, two guys who were previously work colleagues went out drinking and they got into a knife fight and one guy murdered another guy over uh, whether AMD or NVIDIA GPUs were better. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny. It's not funny. We shouldn't be laughing at the fact someone died, but, I mean, really, guys, come on. There has to be something else there, something else b- between them. And the cop said, why would you kill him? And he just thought, shit, I can't tell them about <laughs> This I'll just say that it was because we had a fight over whether AMD or NVIDIA was was better, and I stepped him. Because <laughs> that's going to make it better. No. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that would a- be the thing, that you stabbed the guys like, man, I have to have a better idea. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he ran over me with his car first, and then I stabbed him. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. The graphics card. 
So did they find out which one was the better card? I mean, obviously the guy who who won the fight has the better card. Do we know? Like, is that going to be the- The article does not go into detail over what side each person supported. How am I going to know what card to buy? I need to know which card's (laughs) the best. I need to know whether I bought the wrong one, whether I should stab someone over it. Yeah. Um, Just just between you and me, I'm not going to be involved in any of your computer purchases from now on. It's not going to be done at knife point. Mm. You just took a uh, drink then, didn't you? I did take a drink. I was hoping I was going to be really quiet. So, I actually nah. had a glass yeah. of mineral water, as is my drink when I'm doing the podcast, and it was a little bit warm. So, I had some ice blocks in there as well, just to make the drink cold. But in order to alleviate- This was my thinking through this whole drink. and But in order to drink the drink silently, I stuck a straw in it as well, so I wouldn't be clanking around the ice blocks. But then I forgot yep. that when you hit the bottom of the drink with a straw, it makes the loudest noise in the world. So- after all that, after my many minutes of trying to figure out how to do a silent drink, I failed completely. So, yes. um, we'll see next week if I can manage to figure out a way to drink a drink silently. Maybe get one of those hats that has the straws coming down out of it. It's, it's going to be an ongoing series, silent drinks. Mm. Um, right. Cool. Knife Fight, AMD, NVIDIA. I really want to know which side who was on. Because I reckon it's AMD seemed to be on a lower peg at the moment than NVIDIA. I don't know. Maybe they are. Mm. That's when I bought my card. I've got an NVIDIA card. It just seems like the AMD ones, people may have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Like, they bought it because they really, really think so, but they're a little bit, you know, funny about it. And if someone tries to challenge them, it's like, no, 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 man. AMD's the best. I reckon that they'd be more likely to. There you go. Semi-formatic. AMD people are more likely to stab another person. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll probably Empirical fact. Well... See, I've, the guys who I work with who also buy video cards, we all tend to buy AMD just because that's what we we did. I think we all tried. Um, sorry, we all buy NVIDIA. We, uh, I was going to say, I'm going to stay away from you because you're more likely to stab yeah, someone. Yeah, no. I am now currently holding two knives. Um, <laughs> stab yourself. So, <laughs> yes. We've, we've each tried sort of AMD at one stage or another and sort of not really been that impressed with either the driver support or the cards. And then you've just sort of written them off because a graphics card is sort of such a, an expensive purchase that you sort of can't afford to say, oh, I'm going to take a chance with these guys. Yeah. My first PC in the post-486 world, I didn't have a PC for a while, and then um, my mm. first PC I bought, I think you helped me put it together. It had yep. the Matrox G400 graphics card, yep. and it had an, I think it had an AMD chip in it. So I didn't even go yes. to NVIDIA then. They no, were the well, bees knees back then. They were a, a lot more affordable. Yeah. Sort of around then I was into the AMD K5s. Intel were kind of on a bit of a downward spiral at that point and they hadn't yet released the Pentium 4 with hyperthreading that sort of really turned it around for them. Yeah. But now, look at them, stabbing people. Mm. Yep. Allegedly, maybe, I don't know. Allegedly. I'm sure they did. All right, awesome. So for our next bit of news. Is there less stabbing um, or is there going to be more stabbing at the end stabbing. of this one? Well, there could be more stabbing at the end of this one. Is that uh, Steam is adding... GST to Australian purchases in July. I'm surprised this hasn't happened a lot sooner. I'm still surprised well, recently, that every time I log into the Steam store, I'm still getting US prices. I mean, I'm, I'm happy about it, but now I'm not happy about the fact I'm going to get GST. Mm. Well, Valve recently had some interaction with the uh, ACCC in regards to their refund policy, I think. Uh, and they were, I don't know how this is enforced, but the ACCC asked them to pay $3 million, I think. Ow. Is that, yeah, is that in refunds ref- or was that because they weren't taking GST? 
that's a fine. No, that that was for refunds, I think. Okay. Um, Valve has a rule that if you've played a game for more than a certain amount of time, you can't refund it, and that's fair enough. That runs contrary to Australian law, which says you can reasonably ask for a refund during the lifetime of the product. Is that if uh, the game is broken, or if you just don't like the game, can you ask for a refund? I'm not sure 100% on... Because um, if so, the there will be no negative reviews on Steam and there would all be all just games returned with two hours played. I've got some games I'd well, like to return thing. in that case. See, if you feel badly enough about a game, you'll leave it a negative review before ref- refunding it. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just me falling on my sword for someone else. It was in regards, I believe, to Valve misrepresenting Australian consumers' rights in that... They have communicated to Australian consumers that these are the terms under which they will accept a refund, but Australian law requires them to accept it outside of those terms. Oh, right, okay. Because, I mean, I've had my fair few purchases on Steam where things just have outright not worked. It was probably an old game Mm. where whatever system it used to use for login or authentication no longer exists or just... I think the first uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, and I got a dodgy key for it or something, and I had to go through Steam yep. customer support for it. And but they, you know, I, I got it all sorted out in the end. But you know, mm. there are obviously cases where things are terribly bad, and it's happening. There wasn't more like more. Um, it wasn't like me with Trackmania where you had to know which magic words to say. Yeah, Abracadabra. Um. So my so I don't have an issue paying GST on things. But my issue is that if they are charging GST, then they should be charging in in Australian dollars because yes, ten percent of a US price is a lot different to ten percent of an Australian price. Yeah, but then you have to wonder that when they do create all those Australian dollars, will they be parodied to the US prices roughly, mm-hmm. or will they be what normally happens and where they just double the price and say, yeah, that's the exchange rate? Yes. Well, we we will soon find out, I guess, because you know it's past ten percent. So much for um, digital distribution making games cheaper. Yeah, and but Steam is one of the places where it's the exception to the rule of the digital experience is always more expensive because mm. generally so- something will go up for sale digitally and there's no reason to really discount it unless you just want more people to buy it. Like there's no, mm. I've got boxes of these that are filling up the back of my shop. I just need to get rid of them, so let's pump them out at a really cheap price. Yeah. They're just whatever. Someone can download this game whenever they want. The only reason is if you're looking to drive sales of a property that is not popular anymore. Yeah. Or if you bring out a sequel and you want to get a little bit more publicity. Cool. Everyone loves publicity. All right. What's the next one? Yeah. What do we got? Well, lastly, I have subscribed to the Humble Monthly Bundle. Okay, cool. Um, It's 12 bucks a month and they give you a game up front and then they say, we'll give you more games at the end of the month, but we're not going to tell you what they are. Is it a mystery box? Is it a mm. like the game equivalent of a loot box? A loot crate? Loot crate. Yeah, my wife has subscribed to a loot crate, so- Okay. Uh, Does she get some good stuff in a loot crate? She gets a lot of Firefly merchandise. Is it a Firefly loot crate? It is a Firefly loot crate. Well, there you go. That would be the reason. Because she really likes Firefly, and if she just happened to she subscribe does. to a random loot crate, and there was a lot of Firefly stuff in it, yep. I'd be a little bit weirded out. Yes. It's not like she subscribed to a uh, Dexter loot crate, although she did like Dexter, not up until, um, I guess, the last couple of seasons where it went bad. We should create a semi-informatic loot crate and it just be just random mm. stuff I find that I don't want anymore and I just ship it you out could, to people. 
we could give away the keys for the games that I get that I've already got in this thing. Yeah, or we could, you know, I've got some shit in the garage I need to put it into a skip. Mm. Do you still have that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi McDonald's figure that I would hide in your house? I don't know where that is, and <laughs> I'm going to find it one day. Uh, maybe, I, maybe not. I suppose as a as a bit of ex- explanation, we got it. I don't know where we even got the Obi-Wan Kenobi figure. Well, it could have been from McDonald's or a KFC. Or KFC, or yeah. And it was this little plastic Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. And it would have been from episode one, I would assume. So that's how old and or how long this has been going. And I didn't want it and you didn't want it. So it, it just became a game where one of us would find it and then hide it at the other person's house and then just give someone just a knowing glance and say, hey, hey it's at your house somewhere. And you go, no, <laughs> I don't know where it is. And I'd find it like up, above a door frame or just tucked tuck behind a couch or something. And I don't know who's got it now. No. Unless we just, if somebody just went, nah, fuck it, I'm throwing it out. But the, <laughs> I don't think that that would have happened. Yes. I will say that you did renovate your house at one point and there were s- stages where the wall cavities oh, were actually no. open. Oh, <laughs> no. Everyone can be living in my wall. You do. Damn it's it. a scratching on there. <laughs> Use the force. So, yeah, I'm quite excited to see what I get at the end of the month and it'll probably, like, the, the entire reason is because that new Warhammer uh, God, what's that creative sim? Total War Warhammer uh, yep. was on there, and it was like twelve bucks. It's like, well, this is getting mixed reviews because their DLC policy is terrible. But I want to have a look at this game and see what it's like. So, I mean, to me, if I did that, it'd be more of any of one of those things where I don't ever know what games I've got anymore because, mm. like, at the moment, I'm going, I should buy that game. Oh wait, I've already got that game because I bought it when I was really tired and waking up. Yeah, there's a few of those. Although I am subscribed to uh, the PlayStation Plus, where you get a bunch of free games a month, and right. you know that also allows you to play online. So apparently, I'm playing for the right to play online. But for my troubles, they give me a couple of free games. So I don't know. Mm. But you know, that's always a nice little thing to see what games that I don't want to play, I can now play every month. Yeah, but um, okay. Well, we'll see. So we'll see how your humble monthly bundle pans out. Can you? Is it a twelve month thing, or is it a month by month, and you can kind of cancel it whenever uh, you want? You can, you can go twelve months. I went month by month. All right. Well, let's see how it goes and see what yep. games we get. So, when does the first bundle come out? Uh, next four or five days, I think. Oh yeah, obviously at this probably the start of the month. Mm. Awesome. All right. Uh, the next bit of weekly topic we have is that the Dice Awards happen this week, and generally we don't give a fuck about awards, especially awards nope. put on by one industry congratulating this same industry. And realistically, the award show is a vehicle for big AAA games to show their big AAA trailers and for yes. people to get really excited about it. Just another kind of E3-esque reason to release a trailer. Mm. But the weird thing about this, and I, and I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I figured it's probably worth mentioning, uh, was that Street Fighter V... A game that, when it got released, was incomplete at launch. A game that one of the updates included a rootkit. A game where it's actually been super expensive to get all the characters if you want to buy all the characters. And that one best fighting game. So I'm not really not too sure what to think about this. Because on one side, if you don't look at those things, if you don't look at the rootkit thing, if you don't look at the fact that when it did launch, it was kind of an early access level of game Mm. now after you know updates and they've taken the root kit out it's i actually find it's quite a fun game to play and it's quite a good game to get your feet wet 
with fighting games, but it's also that there's a lot of people playing it. The online community is really, really good. There's a lot of really cool people who are playing it who are really um, generous with their time and really generous with teaching other people how to play it. And it controls really well, but I can't get out of my head the other stuff. So I'm not sure, is it right that it won the award on one hand? Because if you don't take all those things into consideration, it is a good game, but there are a whole bunch of other games that probably also deserve to be winning that award, like King of Fighter 14 was out, Guilty Gear, um, Killer Instinct Season 3 were all in contention, I think. And, you know, all those games are really good as well. But, I don't mm. know, Street Fighter 5 won it. So, I'm just not as sure As someone who sort of got in recently, I didn't see any of that. And so, when I played it, I thought, well, this is a really good game. It's polished and there's a lot of content in it. And so, yeah, I don't know whether they're judging it by what's happened or judging it by what was available at time of judging. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Like when people get to talking about game of the year, do all those things weigh up or is it just the game as it exists at the time of discussion that you should talk about? Mm. Was M. Bison seen with the brown paper bag full of cash at the awards ceremony? He could have been. I don't know whether- Maybe a sack with a dollar symbol on it? I don't know whether there was uh, sacks with dollars involved or whether it was just- Hey, it's Street Fighter. That seems to be the only fighting game. I don't know. Yeah, sure, Street Fighter. Well, I'll give it to Street Fighter. I don't know. I mean- Chun-Li was a police officer at one stage. Shouldn't she be investigating this? She should bring out those little yellow ribbons she had when she was mm. wearing her police officer outfit. Apparently, they brought her luck or something. She should use those to investigate. To track, track down the mystery of why Street Fighter won yeah. best fighting game. So, there you go. Apparently, Street Fighter, best fighting game. You should check it out. And yeah. look, you know what? You should check it out anyway. It's- I'm, yeah. I'm kind of enjoying it. so Unless they put the root kit back into it. Yeah, in which case, probably don't buy it. No. So there's that. And the last bit of news I have was, this is the tail end of a little piece of news, uh, was last week or the week before, there's a guy, and he's called Bayou, or that's his online name, and he's the developer of a multi-system emulator called Hygand, and he's big in the online emulation world he runs a forum where he is attempting to create a a super nintendo preservation project because at the moment all the rips or all the dumps of all the games from the super nes no one really knows where they all came from they've kind of just accumulated over the years and some of them are bad dumps and some of them are incorrect dumps so what he's trying to do is to actually do a complete set of fresh dumps of all the games released for super nintendo worldwide so you know all the american games all the pal european games all the japanese games and have a verified set of every single game there for preservation purposes and that's a big job that's a it's a fair of games if you don't take into consideration he's doing it across all the different language versions as well but uh he is working on that and mm. he was working with a collector in frankfurt and the collector in Frankfurt was sending him packages of 100 PAL SNES games at a time. Um, Bayou would rip them or dump them and send them back. And a package went missing in the mail. Uh, he, it was a package that was on its way from Frankfurt to New Jersey, and it went missing. It had tracking, but it only had tracking until it, re- until it hit the States. And then it was in the hands of the United States Postal Service. And... Mm. It got lost. Uh, And that was apparently a whole lot of rare PAL games. So the 100 games, probably worth about 10 grand. 
So that's right. a, a big load of games to go missing. Yeah. But that we're missing, and Bayou considered the project dead. He was um, just wondering how he could actually repay the collector. But after many calls to uh, the United States Postal Service and actually a bunch of news outlets picking up the story, mm. he managed to get in contact with someone who did a lot of work internally and they actually found the package and it got delivered this week. So, project's back on. $10,000 worth mm. of games are found. It's kind of yeah nice to have a, a happy ending to these things. It is. It points to two problems with the shipping industry. One is their complete inability to deliver anything when that's their job. That's the only thing they have to do. Yeah. I've I've ordered things from overseas and Australia Post has just straight out lost them or ne- or never tried to deliver them before sending them back to for, for me to go and pick them up. Okay. Um, I guess the second issue that it points to is how difficult it is to get support for something like this when there's like a customer service failure is that companies are more and more retreating behind offshore call centers and FAQs and email queues when something goes wrong rather than trying to make things right for their customers. Yeah, and generally that's all it takes. It actually just takes a person who cares enough internally to say, actually, no, what? there is a problem and a little bit of going around our standard operating procedure, we can probably solve that problem. But Mm. if you do hit the offshore service centers, then you're stuck with, no, these are the lines I've been given. I have to tell you these things and I can't do anything more. Mm. Which explains my glee whenever we get, like our number is on the do not call list, but we still get people offering to sell us various solar systems. And yeah, so they usually call and say, oh, we're not, we're not selling you anything. But then the moment they get to the, the sales pitch, I say, I have to stop you there because you've just broken the law. And I quote them the ACMA. Yeah, Legis- yeah, legislation, and they hang the up ones, pretty quickly. Yeah, the the ones who are onto it hang up. The other other <laughs> ones don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> At the start, I was because what they do is they call you, uh, and this is a bit of a tangent. They call you and they try to sign you up. And they've got a, a a group of solar installers who will come out to your house and quote and sell. And I kept trying to get the ABN numbers for these companies because I was going to ba- going to report them to the to the ACMA. But since that's failed, I just try to have a bit of fun with it. But you can see in this sort of situation, going off to a call centre in another country with someone who has no sort of no contact with the actual service that you're receiving, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> There's a function inside IT called a value-added reseller, which is someone who sells you a product and sits between you and the manufacturer and provides you the support you would be getting from the manufacturer if the manufacturer was capable of delivering support that just wasn't garbage. Yeah, right. So yeah, it's just beggar's belief at times away. We have to deal with, with large companies like this. Well, in this case, it happened to work out. In this case, mm. it actually got enough media coverage where he was able to get through to the right person, which was good. And apparently it got discovered, the package got discovered three or four days before it was to go to the place where uh, the public can bid on uh, lost packages. Oh, good. So I learned that there's a place where the public can bid on lost packages. Yep. So if it's their fault, they'll only hold it for a couple of days, basically. Yes. So my copy of uh, PlayStation Guilty Gear 2 that my sister sent me from London all the way to Australia that got lost, somebody bid on that and somebody won on that. So I hope you're enjoying yep. it. My copy of um, I bought a Gaelish language book and, um, yeah, that's gone. <laughs> it's the <laughs> Gaelic language for, hey, my package is lost. No, I don't know that yet. You'll never find that out. <laughs> no. Oh, well. 
So congratulations by you and congratulations to the collector as well for getting his stuff back. So yep. hopefully the project's back on and we're going to get to see some, yes. some good dumps. Screw you, USPS and Australia Post. Well, thank you, USPS, not Australia Post. No, one good deed does not erase a lifetime of, of ill deeds. No, that's true. I've had my fair share of things go lost, go missing. Somewhere in a USPS office, someone is playing your copy of Guilty Gear. Fuckers. They're probably beating <laughs> me online playing Guilty Gear. Probably better yeah, at probably. it than I am. All right. Well, there you go. That's the weekly topics. Uh, now we are going to go to... Wait for it. Letting off Steve. Right. <laughs> Enjoy the music. Come on. Yeah. There it goes. Hopping along. There it goes. Look at it. Yeah. All right. That's just me grooving to music that doesn't exist yet because I'm going to lay it on later. Just thought I might let you in on a little <laughs> secret. Inside baseball. Yeah. All right. What do we got? Games. Yeah, we got Dark Souls. I'm going to take another drink from my drink and try not to make too much of a noise. Hang on. All right. No, you're meant to keep talking, not listen. No, I was listening for you. Yeah, ready? I-, I wanted to hear whether or not there was news. No noise. There we go. Perfectly silent. The only listeners we had just tuned out. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. That shan't happen again. I'll find a silent drink. Our first game is Dark Souls. We have a positive review from Caesar with 1,246 hours. He's died a lot, I would say. Mm, yeah. He says, haven't got past Undead Berg yet. Send help. The, the the Undead Burg is the first area of Dark Souls when you discount the tutorial. All right. <laughs> yeah. And we have a negative review from someone just called someone oh, who has awesome. 0.1 hours. Yep. He says, I haven't got past the Games for Windows Live boss yet. Oh, was Dark Souls a Games for Windows Live deal? It was. And it was terrible. Uh, um, it was a terrible system. They did a pretty good... Yeah, tell me about it. Don't get me started on Games for Windows Live. Nope, another day. Um, they did a pretty good system when it moved over. They transferred people's saves and things like that, so it was it was pretty seamless. You know, I'm going to just go back to Games for Windows Live for a second, even though I said I wasn't going to. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking earlier about the Batman Arkham Asylum game, mm-hmm. and I was having issues. Games for Windows Live. Yes. Carry on. Uh, Bulletstorm, Games for Windows Live. Yep. Bioshock 2, Games for Windows Live. Iron if Brigade. you work at Microsoft and you ever worked on... Yeah, Iron Brigade. If you ever worked at Microsoft and ever worked on Games for Windows Live, what the hell were you thinking? Seriously. You had a really good example of the way you should have done this with Steam and, to a lesser extent, Origin, which isn't a bad service. It's not, not a fantastic service, but it's not bad. And you still managed to fuck it up. And even then, like to some extent, you had the best console online experience as well with Windows Live... And you couldn't get the PC version of it right. No. Oh, well. Actually, whenever Microsoft says in an interview, we're very committed to the PC and we've got some exciting things happening, I get scared. Yes. I go, what is it this time? Why can't they just leave us alone? Everything's fine. Just don't look over here. It's still happening to a certain extent because the Mm. Call of Duty, apparently, you can buy in the Windows Store. You can't play online with people who own the Steam version of Call of Duty. Yes, they've got this new executable type called UWP, but I'm not sure if that's the cause or not. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you have so, it. That was a piece of letting off steam within letting off steam. It was. I got deep. letting off steam about Microsoft and Games of Windows Live. Uh, so for our next game, I went back to like Games of Windows game. Lies. Never mind. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> well done. 
We we were all 100% behind you on that one. <laughs> 0.1 hours of record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I picked Reseteer, which is a um, an older game, uh, basically because it was translated by a couple of guys who met on the Something Awful forums. Oh, right, okay. Um, where, we, where we used to hang out, and they kind of started a company localizing uh, Japanese games. Uh, and if you don't recall, Reseteer is a game where you play a girl who runs a store uh, that she lives in for sort of adventurers in a fantasy uh, world. Oh, I think and, I do um, heard of this game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if she doesn't make enough money, a fairy will kick her out and she'll have to live in a cardboard box. Like it's not Tom Nook. He's a bitch. We're owing people it's pretty, money. It's pretty close, pretty close to Tom Nook. So, yeah, and you can sort of go in the dungeon and and sort of, like, follow adventurers around and sort of steer them towards certain things that you would want to sell in your shop. And uh, But occasionally you get townspeople coming in and buying stuff off you as well, and it's sort of there's this mystery about where this girl's father's gone and all these adventurers in town she makes friends with and sort of how you schedule the shop and how you lay it out and how you haggle with people. It was a good game. But here's our first review, positive review from Panda Man. All right. Good um, Panda Man. 28.8 hours. A girl came in to buy a knife as a gift for mummy. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would sell weapons to children again. Um, it's kind of one of those things where, like, the randomness of a game just kind of creates something that um, that is sort of a little bit out there. I, I am familiar with the character he's talking about. There's a girl that will occasionally come into your store and buy things sometimes it's a gift for her mother in this case the random number generator told her <laughs> she should she should buy a knife mums need knives sometimes mm. um now we got a negative review from tana b 5.2 hours uh this game is annoying and no fun i'm not sure how to avoid living in a cardboard box when the only customer i get is the little girl with no money who apparently wants so to buy two a reviews, knife yeah wants to buy a knife two reviews referencing the same character I hated that little girl because she was the lowest margin as far as haggling goes. You couldn't you couldn't haggle her higher like you could the could the other characters. It's not really right to haggle a child higher, is it? Well, see, hey, this kid. is the thing: is if is if you look at um, look at some of the uh, Reseteer memes, is that like it's like what I was expecting uh, and and what I got, and they had expected like a sort of a Clannad style anime sort of cutesy story, and what they got was this. Sort of weird profit capitalism driven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, game. Is it, well, actually, one of the things Reset says is when before she opens a store is capitalism ho. So it's a weird game. Oh, cool. Great. All right. Really good game. I'll have to check it out. Um, so last we picked, we picked Defiance, oh, which right. is a game that our friend Randall plays. Hello, Randall, if you're listening. Hey, Randall. How you doing? And he seems to play it a lot. So we thought we'd dig up some reviews for us. Now, if you don't know Defiance, it's one of those massively multiplayer online role-playing games. A um, little bit of shooter action, a little bit of action, more than sort of clicking quick bar um, abilities. Uh, and you also get a cool car to drive around. So Amazing. You know, it's, Defiance has some things going for it. 10 out of 10, cool car. It, it's also one of uh, those transmedia properties in that there was a sci-fi channel series set in the same world and that would cross over with the game occasionally. Brilliant. Yeah. You can tell you're all excited about the transmedia opportunities. Randall tried to tell me about the crossover a couple times and it doesn't seem like it's AAA game quality crossover time. 
Oh, it's not bad. A lot of people like the series. It only ended up going for two seasons, so okay. Like, well, maybe three. I'm not sure. I keep seeing it in JB Hi-Fi, and I keep thinking I should buy that and watch it because I've played the game and it's <laughs> going to be terrible. But uh, it's always like thirty bucks, and uh, that's I draw the line at a joke at about ten or fifteen. Yeah, after it goes over that price, the joke's on you, not on the someone yeah, else. Yeah, pretty much. So the first Defiance review is a positive review from Chile with 12.9 hours, which is a very short amount of time to be playing Defiance. Um, tell you what, here's a bit of fun. Let's pull up Steam here and let's look. I have last last played Defiance actually on New Year's Day. That was a great uh, New Year's Day. It was. My total play time was 47 hours. Actually, here's another bit of fun. Let's out our friend to the rest of the internet. Okay, for a start, he's not playing Defiance right now, which is good. He should be. Um, he should be. We're waiting for his Steam file. Defiance, 876 hours on record. And look, as we keep saying here on the podcast, as we keep saying here at Semi-Informatic, that's what you love doing. That's the perfect amount of time to spend on that. Mm. If you love something, you do that thing. Do what you love. Yes, exactly. I, th- I believe we already previously outed my wife on her Spelunky. Yep. Um, but that's fine. She's an amazing Spelunky player, and I can't mm. wait for us to do a little Spelunky thing with her. Yep. She was even even talking about streaming again today, and I went, "No, hold on a minute. We need to. We need to. <laughs> we need. We need to sort this out. We need to set her up with her own streaming channel, and we can host mm-hmm. her on the semi-informatic page, and then it'll kind of be on there anyway. Okay. Well, um, so back to Defiance. Chili with 12.9 hours says, I don't know what I'm doing and I like it. Okay. Which echoes my um, experience with Defiance where I would learn how everything worked and then I would uh, play for a while, get bored and then forget how everything worked and come back and learn how everything worked. Is that 12.9 hours in the TV show or 12.9 hours in the game? (laughs) I think that's 12.9 hours in the game. They don't sell the TV show through Steam, I believe. They should. You should be able to watch the TV show from within Defiance, the game. Mm. Yeah, possibly. (laughs) I don't know. We'd have to ask Randall. Uh, all I know is that when you summon your car, the horn goes beep beep, as it should. Mm. What other noise would a, would a horn make? Could be one I of those know. air horns that plays. The, if you summon the summon the car, there might be like a revving engine or the sound of skidding and then a crash or skidding and a crash or skidding, but on dirt and then I, yep. I would be sold. Or the sound of someone being stabbed over which video card's better? Yeah, yeah. Or which car is better? I'm sure that's mm. happened as well. Uh, so we've got a negative review from Profanitizer, 4.6 hours. Oh, I'm looking forward to this review. Go, Profanitizer. Yeah. Live he up to your name. Says, Fly, my son. <laughs> he simply says, oh. this game inspired me to play other games. That's not profanity. No, well... He didn't even say, I'd, like, this motherfucking game inspired me to play other shit or something. He could have he could have profanitized he, um, it up. Live your name. He, uh, <laughs> it might be profanity to the people who make the game. True. Maybe he just goes around putting negative, nicely worded negative reviews on people on games. Mm. All right, well that's all for letting off steam. I feel like We're everyone done. got to let off some steam then. Like yep. everyone, we got to read out a couple of steam people getting some things off their chest. We got to get a little bit of stuff off our chest about games from Windows Live, even though we said that we weren't going to, but we did anyway. We did. It's just the type of segment that warrants it. All right, done. Steam's let off. Let's go into fully informatic. Where we Yay. correct some things that we got wrong the yes. last, or things that we noticed that we got wrong. So generally there aren't that many corrections because we don't know that we get things wrong. Yes. So last week we talked about places selling keys. 
and which were stores were good stores and which stores were bad stores. Talking I did a bit of research during here, the week. Not um, yes. just regular keys for houses. Not just regular keys, not selling the keys to your front door or something. Yeah. So from the research, I concluded there are no good places selling keys <laughs> and everybody is sketchy in their own way. Um, but the the really bad company that, that I had heard about was G2A, and I, I think I called them G4A. Yeah, yeah. Confusing them with G4 Tech Tech TV. You gave them too much credit. But they, yeah, I did. they only had half as much. They sell cheap keys, or you are able to then on-sell your own keys if you haven't used them. But the problem is, is if people steal credit card numbers, buy keys, and then sell the keys. Yes. Um, I guess they're either key laundering or money laundering. It's one of those things that I always find, even on sites that look like I should be getting a trustworthy key, I'm always surprised that when I put the key in, it works. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've bought from Green Man Gaming and they occasionally, I mean, they may just be making this up, but they have on their site, they have agreements with, with publishers and they list the publishers who they have agreements with. Well, I'm pretty I sure that, that if, if they didn't, then the other, then those publishers yeah. would be out there going, ah, uh, no, you <laughs> kind of don't. You've probably, no one should buy the games from here. But no, Green Man yeah. Games seems to be on the up and up. So Yeah, although I, I did find some people calling Green Man Games criminals, so I, I'm oh, not sure. Okay, maybe they're just- Racist to green people. Maybe. You never know. Yep. That's it for fully informatic. We've only got one thing wrong. We're getting mm. good or not. Yep. All right. We're going to go into emails. I'm going to get a theme song for emails. We're getting so many. Yep. All right. This one. Uh, this one's from Amy. And she says, Hi, David and Anthony. With your vast knowledge of video games, what games have been specifically designed for kids to play that adults have taken over and loved? Any recommendations aside from The Sims and Minecraft? Thanks. Shit. Amy. P.S. Love listening to Anthony's sexy voice. Oh, that's very nice of her. He does have a sexy voice. Mm, that's because of all this coffee that I'm drinking. Yeah. I'm just glad that we're in other rooms. Like that We're doing this over the internet. Otherwise, I'd just be like, you know, falling over myself because of your sexy voice. <laughs> really? Maybe okay. one day when we're in the same room, I'll just have to chain myself to the desk. I've got I've got news for you then, yeah. Because and that also makes me glad that we're doing this in separate <laughs> rooms. Well, there you go. Oh, games that have been designed for kids to play that adults have taken over and loved. Well, she she references Minecraft and Amy. That's wrong because Minecraft started out as a game for adults and then kids picked it up. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't, I don't believe Notch had kids in mind when he. Um, Made Minecraft. No, I remember playing the very first version of that game, and I remember thinking, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I can get rid of these blocks, and I don't. There's no story. There's no guides. It's just you know, yep. go have fun. And that's not really a kids' game. It just turned into no. the Lego simulator that it is. Yes, and The Sims. I don't think kids should be playing The Sims, should they? Not the way we play The Sims. No, <laughs> definitely shouldn't be locking people in rooms until they wet themselves and die. <laughs> what is The Sims? Rating on Office of Film and Literature classification. I'm sure it's got to be way higher than what they would let kids do, or or unless they're not playing it right. Because generally, The Sims for me was just my house was always on fire, <laughs> and the fire brigade was always coming. That was all I can remember. I, I remember that um, in one Sims game, because you got to think when The Sims came out, and we will get to answering your question, Amy. We just need to talk about The Sims for a bit. When The Sims came out, there was nothing else like it. So we all bought copies and we would go to Cameron's place and we would play Dungeons and Dragons and we'd get pizza. But after dinner, we would sit around his PC and we would play The Sims. Uh, which, all on the same game. 
which yeah, which isn't a multiplayer game, but we would all create sims that we would ostensibly control, and one person would then relay the commands to said sims. We probably did this for a good couple of months. Yeah, it was really fun. It's a really fun mm. way to play that game. <laughs> then it got weird. No. It got weird pretty much instantly, but anyway. Yeah. Um, Not a kid's game. Actually, I have a very strong memory that uh, in the first Sims game, the first thing we did is that Cameron wanted to invite one of the other Sims over for dinner uh, to try and impress her, but he hadn't bothered to put his cooking skill up. Yep. So <laughs> he invited her over. And then he had to go to the toilet or something, so he sent his sim off to the toilet and she took the food out and jammed it into the mailbox and just went yuck and walked off. <laughs> I thought that sims. was pretty awesome. Yeah. Notwithstanding our experiences with The Sims Online as well. Yeah, that was a, that was a, not a good game. No. It, was just- um, it actually came back recently with a player-provided server. Yeah, is that – did they end up getting that live? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't been following it that much. Just so we know, The Sims 3 is rated MA15+. plus. Perfect. I'm, I'm yep. going to get my secure to play it. <laughs> and The Sims uh, 4 is rated M for violence and sexual references. So not a kid's game. No, not a kid's game. But kid's games that have been designed for kids that adults have picked up, uh, I'm kind of not sure. Like Maybe we were talking about maybe it's the, the Lego games. Yeah, Traveller's Tales, Lego games. Lego Batman, Lego... Star Wars, those type of things. But even then, they're kind of based on a property that's as old as I am. Hmm. When you have to play games with your son, what type of games do you actually enjoy playing or what games are a chore that you sort of play because it means you can spend time with him? Uh, Minecraft is a chore now. uh, uh, Minecraft's been a chore for a very long time. Um, (laughs) Although now that we've got the Xbox One, I haven't purposefully bought minecraft on that so he has to choose to play some other things yep but we've been playing a little bit of battlefront we've been playing some rocket league you know some good some good games good games that aren't really designed for kids i think mm. you know my daughter she's into some uh 3ds so that like some tamagotchi life and some animal crossing and things like that mm. animal crossing animal crossing now- is there game that i like that's a game that is at least somewhat targeted towards kids but adults enjoyed we got well into animal crossing at one stage yeah on the animal crossing on the gamecube and then Mm. i didn't play it for a while and then there were too many weeds so i just left it (laughs) that world is now a jungle and tom nook is like the king he's like the lord of that (laughs) jungle lord of the flies yeah uh, but, yeah, I, I would say, like, Nintendo games are made yeah. with kids in mind, definitely. But I think because they have a pedigree, I still enjoy playing Mario and, and it's just, they're definitely not aimed at adults now. But they still have that uh, difficulty curve. Oh, yeah. Like, if you, if, if you look at people who are really in, into Mario games, they won't play sort of like equivalent games because the, the Mario games levels are just well thought out. Yeah. And so they're easy for kids to pick up because the controls are easy. But if you really want to get deep into how a Mario level works, and we, you know, you see this with Mario Maker, that there's something there for the adults as well. Yeah, but I think you know the kids who are brought up on those games, there is, like you say, there's a certain depth there that really sticks with you as you kind of go along. Mm. And really, if you're looking at games that adults would play, that kids that were targeted at kids, all you need to do is look at anything that was popular to a particular group of children at any time. And as those children grow up, if if something's published, so, you know, you see a bunch of people who were into Pokemon when they were younger and they still buy new Pokemon games 
now, even though they're entering their 20s and 30s. Yeah, I played Pokemon um, last... No, the year before last. I played the previous to last Pokemon game that came out because my son wanted I to play it and I'd never played one before. So, I thought that, that we should both get it and then, yeah, that was a lot of fun playing it with them. I have never played a Pokemon game. Well, I got a video series for you. It's called Poker Anthony. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that. No, we just play poker. It's fine. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones, but none really sort of leap to mind other than, than the Traveller's Tales Lego games. Mm, it's kind of, they kind of lost a lot of their charm now that they talk, I've found. Yeah, you're not going to see, um, I don't believe, you're not going not to see many adults trying to play, you know, Barbie's Dreamhouse Adventure because they kind of come out and they are squarely aimed at kids and they're not even good games. And I think kids tolerate those games up until a certain point and then I think even they see through it. Anywhere between three and six, I think mm. kids like those things because they're just pretty bright, flashing colours. There was a game on Steam called The Secret of the Magic Crystals. Are you familiar with this game? I am not, but I'm interested so in, in said secrets. In this game, you manage a horse breeding farm set in a fantasy surrounding. The game enables you to breed legendary horses such as a Pegasus, a unicorn, Fire Steed, Ice Steed, and Demon Steed. You can buy over 700 objects during the game and make all kinds of horseshoes as well as lots of magical potions for your horses. If they are exhausted or ill, you will be able to cure them and look after them. That doesn't sound like so this, a great game. No, this game on Steam is, I, I guess, targeted at young girls, but a surprising amount of older men ended up with it in their Steam libraries. Can you guess why? Because they really like horses. No. No. So what, what happened is that there was a time with Steam gifting where you couldn't refuse a Steam gift. Ah. You just got it. So this game was like two bucks, four bucks or something like that. And so to get somebody, you would buy Secret of the Magic Crystals and gift it to them. And then it would be in their Steam library. Right. Okay. That's not- So that's, that's a kind of a weird way of adults, I guess, <laughs> playing yeah. games that are aimed at kids. It's like us buying really bad anime games and sending them to Chris. We should do that. We haven't done that in a while. We should do that. No. Needs to be the right price for that joke. Maybe we should send him Secret of the Magic Crystals. Yes, we should. So, as a result of this, people did end up playing this game as the YouTubers started playing it because, obviously, it was a big, huge joke. So, what's funnier than saying, oh, thanks, and then playing the thing all the way through? Um, What's funnier than that? Um, not the second time somebody does that. No. All right. Well, that's our email. So, thank you, Amy. We also think Anthony's got a sexy voice. Mm. He's the sexy one of the two. <laughs> Apparently. He's going to have theme music and it's going to be Barry White. I'm not going to do a Barry White impersonation. Or a Shaft impersonation? No. Chef from South Park? No. Um, Can't think of any other sexy persons. Who? No. Ryan Gosling? Hey, ladies. <laughs> Releases of the week. All right. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things have came out. Come out. Came out. Come out. Come out. A few things have come out this week. Uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 came out. Finally, we've spoken about it. It was through its yep. uh, Office of Film and Literature classification hassles. They got rid of the storyline where Blanka does hard drugs. Yep. That's no longer. You're never going to see that here on Strange Shores. You're going to have to go to America no. to see that type of shit. That's why he's green with orange hair. Don't want that to happen. Never do drugs. Yep. Not even once. 
Uh, and so that was out this week on PS4, and it is coming to Xbox One and Steam on March 7th. So if you want that game, pick it up then. It's a good version of that game. Yep. Uh, also this week, which I saw had downloaded on my PS4, but I have not played it yet, there's some free DLC for Titanfall 2. It's their Live, Wire, sorry, Live Fire expansion pack, uh, which is, amongst other things, it uh, enables a new mode called Live Fire, which is a new 6x6 pilot versus pilot elimination game mode, which is weird to me. It's like the game is about pilots and mechs, but now there's this, a whole game mode where there's no mechs or no robots in there. But um, that's got new maps and a whole bunch of things, so I'm interested in checking that out for a while. There's and a bunch of other things. There's you know new um, execution animations. Uh, what they have done though, which I kind of find interesting, is they've added in uh, mixtape matchmaking. So rather than you uh, logging in and then just choosing the game type you want to play and then sitting in that lobby, you have the ability to uh, select a bunch of different game types and make your own mixtape, and then you will kind of cycle through those games, which is good because everyone just seems to be playing attrition. That's where a lot of them game action is and hopefully this will give some of the other maps a little bit of a a birth i suppose so you know can, can you share your mixtape with someone else i don't know you better be able to you better be able to put it and just write give it a cool name and share it yep draw some lightning bolts and stars on it and um have it sit on the back seat of your car and get a bit wonky on it um oh and the one thing it has added to it which i really want to try out you can get there's a film grain slider because we love that <laughs> <Really>? film grain <laughs> yeah so i'm interested in having a look at that Going back to Silent Hill 2 there with the film film grain effects. Did they have a slider where you could adjust the level of the film grain? So if you want to be hardcore no, but they film did, grain? but they did have on and off. Oh, well, that's... If you if you consider a slider to be... A, a, can have just a binary state, then... Yeah, no, I, I think you need at least one other state in there for it to be considered a slider. Right, okay. Is, or is that just a three-way switch at that point? Don't know. wonder. If anyone knows how uh, many stages a... From one point to another, it needs to be to be called a slider. Please let us know. Sliders. Oh, I could go with slider now. A pulled pork slider with some coleslaw. Mm. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for releases of the week. Uh, coming up oh, on the side. Oh, we got one more. Oh, we do. What one we, more. What have we got? Uh, Late North, breaking. Northguard. Northguard on Steam. Oh, cool. Early access. Yeah, great. Vikings. Vikings and um, definitely not uh, Tower Defense. I was thinking that I should uh, I should play Titanfall two for the site uh, multiplayer for the first time ever and just you know, what the hell's going on type of thing. It'll be a you getting shot a lot because that's what <laughs> it took me a good month of playing that game to get to the point where I wasn't last every single time, and then even then I wouldn't play it for a week, and then I'd come back and have to re get up to that point. You, you you do feel like that every day away from playing a game like that, you are getting worse at it. I'm fine with being last. I was fine with being last too. It was just, but um, you know what? It's really good coming first. It just is. I understand from many years of playing video games and board games against you that that is a high priority for you. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, coming up on the site, what do we got? Mm. We've um, uh, well, a bunch of things. Dark Souls. We'll probably have yeah, Dark Souls, and then I don't know what I'm going to post next. I got a couple of things that are ready to go. Either um, Northgard which we had a little bit of a look at, or maybe we go back and play some PS3 games. Maybe we play some Tokyo Jungle. I'm actually at the moment in training, trying to learn how to play an old wrestling game so I don't look really bad on video playing Mm. it. Uh, So I'm going back to the PS1 era for that game. So look out for a new 
Squared Circle Forward episode coming up soon. If I can not die all the time, not lose all the time. Do you play Eye of the Tiger while you're training? Uh, No, I play whatever weird wrestling game music. This is uh, pretty extreme guitar music in this game, seems to be. So Mm. look out for that one. It'll be a surprise. Okay, I will. Uh, And then I'm not sure what else we got going on. Uh, I'm thinking that we might continue to do these on a Sunday if that works out for you and then we can get right. these out potentially a day earlier maybe we can get them out on a Tuesday rather than a Wednesday and then have a little yeah. bit more in the middle of the week so it doesn't feel like that the editing and then the releasing of that and then oh what's happening again so yep. that might happen in the future we'll see how we go we'll see how this one comes together uh, that's right. gonna do it as usual if you've got any corrections or you just want to email us in and say hi please email us in on semicast at semi-informatic.com we're on twitter if you want to tweet us maybe that's Mm. we're at semi-informatic but that's gonna do it Uh, my name's David Shack I'm here as normal with Anthony Murphy thanks for listening everybody and as we like to say we love that you love doing what you love bye see ya see ya